You have tuned in to the Evolve Podcast, where we aim to solve worldwide strength and conditioning issues one episode at a time. So sit back, relax, grab your protein shake as we chat shop with some of the greatest minds this industry has to offer. Three, two, one, action. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, to episode 10. I hope we got that right, because I believe we've got <laughs> episode numbers wrong uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, we're going to be joined with a special guest, uh, Ben Dowling, who is an Aussie Sevens rugby player, um, also played previously for the Waratahs and the prestigious Shoot Shield winning side of 2023, Randwick Rugby. Ben? Got to get that in. Yeah, got to make sure I get that. <laughs> a little plug. <laughs> Welcome, mate. Uh, how's things, mate? Tell us about your day. Tell us about your week. What's yeah, going no, on? thanks for having me, guys. We've uh, seen a few of the episodes before and, yeah, awesome to come sort of check out the gym for the first time as well. Um, yeah, been going good, sort of. Just getting into the the seven series uh, season at the moment. Off to Canada this weekend, so it's exciting getting into the mix of that. Um, and yeah, just sort of getting back into the footy after yeah, good at end of end of last year. Obviously with Randwick and a bit of Tars footy, so being well and uh, yeah, keen to have a chat with you guys. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So we might start with the uh, infamous rapid fire questions, just yep. to spice up the podcast yeah, a bit. Of course. Question number one: If you had to pick three exercises to do for the rest of your life, what would you do? That's a tough one. I'll uh, I'll start with uh, bicep curls. Just for pure, pure pump. <laughs> I think every guest has said that. Hey, really? that's, a, that's a bit of a basic <laughs> one. And then essential. That's tough. I'll probably just go obviously bench press, keep the uppers, and then to keep the lowest ticking over, go squat. Yeah, pretty yeah, basic. Had that, that compared to <laughs> in that order. Bicep yeah, curl at the start yeah, of the workout. Squats <laughs> at the end. Just to feel good a little bit to start off, and yeah. then we'll uh, start with the pump. Yeah. There you go, S and C coaches. Yeah, take hopefully note. That gets <laughs> That's how you get your buy in there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number two. If you could be in attendance to any sport in history, sorry, to one sporting event in history, what would it be? Ooh, I'd probably go the Super Bowl. After that's, Monday? Yeah. yeah that's definitely on the bucket list for me. And if I could transport there, you know, without any cost, obviously Super Bowl's pretty expensive, seeing the price of tickets. And yeah, big NFL fan, play fantasy with a few of the mates. So haven't gone too well though. Three years, three losses, so I don't want to speak about that. Uh, but, yeah, definitely Super Bowl, yeah. like Kansas City, yeah. although I've seen Bandwagon bringing it up now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, swear OG fan, but, yeah, we'll go We'll go Super Bowl. I completely resonate with you there. I'm an NFL plan of uh, two weeks at the moment. I started going for the Ravens, and on that day they lost. So <laughs> <laughs> I was heartbroken since they won, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a high, high and a low, low, that yeah. one. Um, question number three. If you couldn't play rugby, what sport would you go after? I think I'd go golf. Golf. Yeah. Let's go golfing. Let's, let's go. Yeah, DJ Khaled's got a lot of people into it, obviously. Um, and yeah, watched a bit of the Netflix show. They're sort of drive to survive version for golf. Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm not Netflix sure what, I think it's called. Everything. Yeah. yeah I'll it's called it. Full Swing. Um, Didn't even realise that. I'll yeah. Go that. Bit of an interesting uh, career path, but it'd also be interesting to choose whether to stay in PGA or live. I don't know if you've heard about that, but there's yeah. kind of split, so... Where the money at? Yeah, yeah. maybe live. Yeah, like, maybe live with, yeah. It's like career, like how high can you go versus money? Yeah. It's just like yeah. how, how much achievements can you get versus money? I'm a live guy. I'd be a live guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll maybe start PGA to keep the traditionalists happy, and then we'll <laughs> probably pop over a little after. Get the contract right. <laughs> yeah, a little we'll bit higher, a little bit more. <laughs> nice plan. You've got it all yeah. set out. Yeah. <laughs> swear well this is not planned, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, question number four, a bit of a deeper one. What's your life motto? Ooh, I'll say this is pretty basic. Go with the flow, though. Go with the flow. Yeah, but on the spot, rapid question, I think that probably, yeah, first thing that comes to the head, 
can't like, get two like stressed. Like you're going with a flare yeah, right now. And I guess, <laughs> yeah, and I guess sevens, it's uh, just with what, you know, our tournaments, it's very up and down. You might, you know, I was just saying to you guys before we uh, lost our game to USA in the pool stages, then, yeah, thought it was almost the end of the world. And then, uh, yeah, got to play them again in the quarters and get up. So, yeah, see it a lot in the sevens. It's kind of, yeah, taught me to just go with the flow because, yeah, the ups and downs come pretty quick. So, I love it. ride them, yeah, bit of motivation for the boys. So. Love it. All right. Question number five, lucky last. If you could pick one player currently playing 15s to give sevens a crack, who would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Obviously, DuPont and and Hoops Hooper have come across. If I could get another one, we'll probably I'll go for an Aussie. I'd say Max Jorgensen. Mm. I know he's played a bit of juniors, uh, you know, the pathway sevens, and I think he'd be uh, pretty helpful for our team. So we'll go, uh, yeah, we'll go Jorgo. And, yeah, we've seen Marky and... And uh, and Samu come over as well, but yeah, I think Jorgo would yeah, yeah, complement nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And up Tars boy as well, and Randwick boy. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not too biased, yeah, but yeah, we'll on. keep it, yeah, we'll keep the connections going. So obviously, we've mentioned a couple of times that you were you're part of Randwick. Um, tell us a little bit about, I guess, your transition from semi-professional rugby to uh, playing professional rugby with the Tars and then the Sevens. What was some of the big, I guess, learning curves straight away when you go into the different systems and some of the things that you learned? Yeah, so it's it's a bit of an interesting learning curve and you kind of go from, you know, just a part-time or casual doing your academy stuff in the evening to full days, um, work days almost. Um, but I guess, yeah, just picking up firstly on what a lot of the older boys do. Um, in both Tars and Sevens, there's some good experienced guys and they sort of by watching them in their preparation and what they do each day, like you'll get there and they're already there doing their prehab or their, you know, their injury prevention stuff and getting in the hot colds like we have at seven. So I guess, yeah, the transition is probably just learning from those people around you because there's, you know, in Tars and Sevens, there's boys who have been doing it for a lot of years. We talk about Hooper and, you know, the Sevens environment and Reese Longbottoms and Nick Malouche and Henry Hutchison's who have done it before for so long. So you can pick up a lot. And then, yeah, probably just... Yeah, finding those little, you know, insights from them and then adding it to what's best for your body. Everyone's different and, you know, some boys will do 10 minutes in the in the ice, which personally is a bit long for me because I can't, I can't stay in that long. But you know what I mean? So, yeah, you find what works for you as well and then picking up the insights, that's probably what I've found the best. And, yeah, figuring out what works best for you as well is probably, yeah, because you don't want to, you know, overdo it and try do everything because obviously everyone's different. Um, but, yeah finding out and uh yeah it's been nice learning that and picking up from the older boys in particular so yeah fair. does anyone go long long in the ice bath there's we have a couple members here who have yeah. claims that they've uh, gone longer even despite our recommendations of not going like you know further than 15 minutes you've got warning signs up in there and they still yeah. go over can we can we see if the pro athletes are going longer than well, that? I think there's <laughs> definitely 10 minutes i've seen 10 minutes and particularly yeah like up to the neck which is <laughs> like yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, like an ice bath, like that's pretty tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm like hips down. Mm. So yeah, Henry Patterson, Michael Isley, those two from the sevens are definitely, yeah, can do 10, up to 10 minutes yeah. um, with full body, which is pretty tough. Jeez. Yeah, and I don't know how they do it, even just, yeah, keep stimulated for 10 minutes. Yeah, but, uh, it's going on in the brain, eh? Yeah, <laughs> a bit of Wim Hof's going on just there. So, um, but yeah, they're definitely the best two at the moment in our squad. So yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. For those that are like thinking about doing their first ice bath, it's not like just going to the cold water and the in the beach. It's like yeah. it's like proper uncomfortable and numbing, and your body just goes into a shock straight away. Where it's like I don't feel safe at all. <laughs> yeah, everything in your head's telling you to get out. So very dangerous feeling, and you're just thinking, <laughs> how can this be healthy for me? And then you get out, and you're like, oh on top of the world it's fantastic yeah i know it's yeah it's crazy you know while you're doing it i think it helps but 
yeah, everyone, and as I said before, everyone's different. So a lot of the boys like the minute the hot tub as well. Obviously, that's a, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot, lot of fans lot for that. that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the contrast as well. Like I, my main thing is probably just yeah, minute in each, and I find that ticks over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously everyone's different. But yeah, some some uh, great recovery tips, and obviously you boys got a good setup here, so. Helps out with your members. So. Nice little plug there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. How about uh, the transition from, I guess, 15s then to 7s? So you're going from the TARS um, yep. to, to Aussie 7s. How's the, I guess, the big training differences been there um, in terms of on field and even in the gym? Um, what does it sort of look like for you? Yeah, I guess, obviously, the, there's a bit of a difference with the 80-minute game versus, you know, 14 minutes. And you kind of see that straight away in the training. There's uh, a lot more running. Um, especially in the sevens training, like it's a it's a bit of a wake up call coming back from fifteens. Although fifteens does have some very physical and long sessions, um, but yeah, the short, intense sessions with fifteen uh, sevens, sorry, definitely uh, yeah, take a bit of time to adjust. You're just uh, getting a lot of k's in the legs in a short amount of time, and um, yeah, with you know on a team there's there's six others, so you're all working pretty uh, consistently over the you know the, the periods of you know whatever the coach has normally 90 seconds is our max but which doesn't sound much but yeah it's a couple blocks of that and you're you're feeling it so I guess yeah the running load in sevens definitely spikes up coming back so yeah those first few ses- sessions after after the uh shoot your victory a uh, month later were a bit of a surprise <laughs> yeah and you start questioning things but um the hangover was uh even more intense wasn't it <laughs> yeah definitely uh yeah earned some rest after that one but um yeah, definitely, yeah, that spike in running load and then, um, yeah, the intensity and, and then all your skills getting put under pressure. Um, but, yeah, you, you adapt pretty quick. Um, but, yeah, definitely gets the heart rate up very quickly. And, uh, yeah, you're blowing for sure. So the first few sessions were sessions were a bit of a wake-up call. Mm. Um, but, yeah, once you play a couple tournaments, it really, you know, gets you fit pretty quick, which helps. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, trying to catch eyes to the coach and <laughs> yeah, ready for a rest now, which, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully he sees, but, um, enjoyable transition as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully now I'm feeling a bit better, which is, yeah, before we go off to Canada this weekend. So, yeah. yeah. This is one of those ones that like the first game is a bit of a shock or is, do you feel like when you're in training, that's like the hardest portion and then once you're in a game, it feels a little bit more comfortable. Um, what did you feel like your first couple of games back in sevens was like? Yeah, first couple of games we had a we had a training camp in Stellenbosch, which is just sort of behind uh, Cape Town over in South Africa, mm. um, and we had the a training camp for two weeks over there um, in unison with the South African uh, the Blitzbox boys. That's the South African sevens team, the name for them. Um, and yeah, some of those sessions were yeah great intensity and um, great speed. But yeah, for me it was my first sort of game scenarios back from fifteens, and it was yeah. I was, yeah, questioning a lot of things, yeah, <laughs> mentally and physically. So, yeah, it was definitely a wake-up call for me with my body, you know, coming back from Randwick. Yep. Had a bit of a knee, you know, a bit of a spike with the knee. Um, so, yeah, it was like, geez, i got to, you know, get my body right before the, the World Series starts because, yeah, it was uh, a few things were definitely undercooked. But also coming back from a break, you expect that. Um, and, yeah, you'd rather learn in those training camps and those training blocks. And that, that, set, that camp actually set us up very well for the season, I think, because you're saw the intensity that the African team trained with and we tried to bring that into our own training. But yeah, the the first few games of the tournament are always interesting and then you start to get back in the groove. But yeah, each game's so different to be honest. It all depends with the you know, if you hold possession and get a few tries early, it can be pretty calm and you can be in control. But yeah, sometimes you're defending for a couple of minutes straight 
um, with no breaks in play. And then, yeah, it's just – and then you've got to try attack or transition and it makes it pretty tough. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's why you try – yeah, possession in sevens is so key and you try to capitalise on it. Capitalize on it. You see your kickoffs are so important because – Winning the ball back means you're not defending and hopefully saving energy and scoring tries. So Hopefully you can just pass it to one of the quick guys and let them do the big runs and yeah. you're just sitting back. <laughs> big try assist guy, hopefully. Yeah. That's, the, that's the aim. Big assist so, Yeah. Um, yeah. Got some quick boys, Henry Palmer and uh, Nate Lawson's and Dietrich Roaches. So, yeah, try and look for those boys as much as possible <laughs> and they can hopefully finish off the tries and I'll be, yeah, heading back to halfway as soon as I know they're under and, yeah, getting water and getting ready for the next kickoff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty funny. It's good that you sort of mentioned like the the pressures of, of playing LZ sevens. Like it's crazy when you watch a game, make one mistake, and the whole game, the whole momentum can instantly shift. Like obviously it shifts a little bit in fifteens, but I think when it's a lot more critical in in sevens to be able to keep possession and keep control of the game. Um, is there certain things that you really enjoy more about sevens and fifteens, and then vice versa? Is there certain things part of the game that you you like to sort of hone in on your craft a little bit more? Yeah, I think the good thing about sevens is you play a lot of games. So, you know, in one tournament, you're getting six games under your belt. Um, so you get an opportunity to make a final each weekend, um, play in big games, you know, get try to get out of those pool stages, which is I, I definitely enjoy. Um, but it's also on the other side of that, it's definitely a hard setup. You know, three games a day, anyone who played a sevens tournament knows it's a pretty tough gig. I know there's a shoot shield one this week, and then I think they're five or six games in a day. Yes. So obviously, yeah, those boys know it's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, definitely the opportunity to make a final and and play a lot of teams and a lot of footy um, in a lot of different countries. Um, but yeah, I guess that means um, there's a lot coming at you over a weekend. So for, you know, skill wise, you're trying to yeah. There's a lot you have to perform in sevens. You know, in the critical moments, as you say, because yeah, one kickoff. You know, as we saw in Cape Town, we were playing the RGs and they pretty much won four kickoffs in a row. Shit. And that equaled four tries, essentially, in the final. Um, so, it can, yeah, it's not like you've got, you know, another 70 minutes to try, flip the momentum back. It can be pretty, which, uh, yeah, just means we, we try to create those situations in training a lot. And, um, yeah, especially under, under fatigue, which is what you normally are in the sevens game. Um, so, yeah. What are the, um, out of curiosity, what are the injuries like in sevens? You guys get, uh, go through a fair few? Yeah, you can get them because obviously there's a lot of change of direction yep. and high speeds and obviously the fatigue comes into it as well. Like you might be playing your sixth game in two days so you've already yep. had five under your belt. Um, but yeah, it's obviously also probably a bit different from 15s because it's not as much um, front-on contact. Yep. So it's probably in different in that injury aspect of you know the collisions and all that. Um, but yeah, definitely probably more soft tissue stuff because of the running loads are higher. And, yeah, if you're coming into it carrying niggles, it's pretty hard to sort of, you know, in 15s you could, you could you know, ease a player back into coming back from injury. You know, just give them 20 minutes at the end, whereas sevens, it's, yeah. it's short and intense, so it's pretty hard to sort of yeah. wean players back in. Yeah. You um, can't hide. Yeah, so, yeah, especially coming back, you know, um, you know, we had Henry Hutchinson come back last tournament and he did very well because it's not like you can, you know, say you're playing for Tars, come back through Randwick or, yeah, you know, he came back, his first game back was a World Series game against the international team um, and he did very well and he's, you know, done well for a lot of years. But, yeah, it's definitely inter- definitely interesting in that in that sense, the, you know, coming back from your rehab and stuff, you're pretty much straight into it. So you want to know um, that you're ready and that's why training obviously is trying to replicate that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the injury-wise, it's, yeah, it's probably a dip- bit different with the, with the contact, not as front-on. 
um, and a bit more sort of, yeah, change of direction. But then, yeah, there's some boys hitting some fast speeds and, yeah. you know, obviously yeah, you're doing a lot more skills than, you know, someone in 15s would probably go through. So you can get in some awkward positions as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, normally don't try to think about it too much. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, the physios do a great job though. So, yeah, normally keep your ticking through for the two weeks you're away and then, yeah, yeah. come back and normally that's when you yeah, boys will get there looked after then, so... Speaking of um, high speeds, do you know who has a do- like top speed metric on uh, in the team? Yeah, at the moment it'd be Henry Palmer. Yeah, no. um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's a young gun coming through, and he's I think GPS meters per second he's about ten point three. Yeah. Allegedly ten four. I don't want to say that confidently, but he, he's definitely up there. Yeah, like it's not yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Anyone <laughs> above ten is. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of boys going going for at the moment. There's a bit of a thing uh, going called the speed tunnel. So the boys will run in front of you and try Kate a little, you know, oh. <laughs> for you, trying to hit the top speed. So that's interesting yeah. seeing that. Uh, but I'm normally off to the left of that. I'm probably not too. I'm not probably high enough to get into that. Although <laughs> I joked about it, but I was wearing my career savers that day. So yeah, yeah. they look at me and go, "Nah, you're not. You're not welcome." To so. What was that one athlete that had the car that was driving in front of him and the had like a shield? World's fastest man. Um, oh, it's, his name's just gone past me. Guy who won the recent hundred meter gold. The Italian oh, bloke. Yeah, the Italian yes, bloke. Yes, 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 uh, yeah. It's going to be that. I'll get that after. Might edit it in. Just a quick interruption here to let you know that it was Marcel Jacobs. I can't believe I forgot that. I'm so sorry. I apologize for wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, edit it in. Yeah, 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 I'll plug that in now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll send that uh, little mechanism to Aussie Sevens. They can use yeah. it to get their meters up. <laughs> well, allegedly, it works. Yeah. So that's what the, the, the GPS don't lie. Um, so. Like yeah, the boys have been, as well. Yeah, giving that <laughs> a big crack, yeah. Convince Holsey to bring a few cars. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a bump up or yeah. you can me- yeah. hit your metrics, that's the way to go. So. We, had a, we had a winger that got a 10-2 um, in a game and it was kind of like, you know, he hadn't hit any high nines or anything. Yeah, so it was okay, kind so of was a bit sceptical, but he's yeah. a quick bloke. Um, so we were sort of just rolling with it and then we had a, a, one of our front rowers call a 10-2 as well. <laughs> so it kind of abolished that Damn. straight away. <laughs> like, sorry, would have been sorry mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. It was, they were just wearing it backwards, I think, or they just threw it to me at the end, <laughs> trying to get those metrics yeah, the up. The team just ripped the shirt off. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we mentioned before that you played for Randwick last year in the Street Shield 2023 winning side. Um, talk to us about the year. Um, what do you think uh, sort of led to the success of the team um, and what were the sort of the things, that, sort of your favourite parts about it? Yeah, obviously a great year looking back in hindsight, hey, like it was very enjoyable being in that team environment. Um, first year with the coaching setup with Hoylesey, um, Rob and Handy. Um, so that was very enjoyable to start with. And yeah, I think, you know, over the year we beat, built up some good combinations, obviously a few new faces. Um, and then, yeah, it was only my second year of grade, so obviously relatively new as well, and then post-COVID. So I think, yeah, the first aspect of, you know, finding success for us was, I think, building those combinations. Obviously, shoot Hill's a long season, so... Um, at the start, you know, you're still playing with players you haven't played before and, you know, figuring each other out, particularly the backs and the forwards with their sort of set-piece um, um, attack. And, yeah, so I think the combinations over the year built really well. Like, um, you started getting know- knowing players and knowing what they like and what you like. So, yeah, for the backs running off each other and the forwards with their set-piece, we saw how, how um, important that was for us in the end of the season. Um, and then I think as well just the... Coming in, a lot of diverse characters at Randwick. Um, you know, we each week we'd speak, you know, with Hoylesey about 
you know, where did everyone come from, what their journey was. And, you know, you saw the Joel Ellis's who'd been there since they were a ball boy, you know, at Coogee Oval since they were, you know, five or six. And then um, Cormac and a few of the Irish boys and English boys had come over and it's their first season. But you sort of all felt, you know, a part of that jersey and, and proud to be in it. So I think that helped us out a lot. Um, and understanding everyone's journey and path. So um, really built up a, a nice culture. And I think, yeah, combinations, as I said before, on and off the field as well, of course. Um, so I think that put us in a really good stead and, and we built nicely over the year. And you could kind of see that correlate to us, you know, developing as a team and growing and sort of understanding who we were playing with and for, um, even the coaches as well, and understanding why they did it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, to put it down to two things, the culture and, and combinations um, really helped. And that's what I found as well. Obviously, everyone probably has a little bit of a different, you know, reasoning but yeah um it was an exciting year into you know first team to do it since Hoylesley was playing mm. our coach so um yeah special time and yeah special memories in that jersey for sure so uh, look look at that year fondly for years to come I think so yeah 100%. yeah uh, that's probably the first thing I noticed when coming over to the side was probably the culture aspect absolutely I've been with a few sides before which all, all had good cultures as well but it's definitely something that sort of stuck out um, but also just like it seemed like there was a bit of a healthy competitiveness at training. Yeah. There was a good sort of like um, depth to, to our teams in second and third grade. Um, but everyone was sort of hungry at training to sort of compete yeah. against each other and whatnot. Um, do you find that something like that sort of tr- uh, convinces you or encourages you to get a little bit further in your game as well? Yeah, of course. We saw it in how successful grade was um, with, you know, club championships and, yeah, how many of our teams went through to that grand final or just missed out in the semi-final. Um, and I think that's always good. You know, obviously at sevens, that's what we're trying to replicate at the moment, having that depth. So, you know, obviously there's important players, but, you know, a whole squad of 20, which is what we have at the moment. Um, and similar to Randwick, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, we're all strong. And you can see that at training, as you say, to get a bit heated at times, but in a competitive and healthy way, hey? So, <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's great for any really workplace or you know obviously a sporting team it made it you know come to training and yeah it was very interesting particularly uh kicking the log with horny yeah as you remember <laughs> the infamous yeah, kicking the log. which is our one v one tackling drill that we used to do so um that definitely got very competitive i think yeah. yasmin didn't get tackled once for the year allegedly <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, so um did you yeah. make a tackle as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was healthy for everyone yeah. um yeah, unless you were paired up with Yazzie, so, uh, which I never was, thankfully. Because, um, yep. yeah, pretty good runner. But, yeah, as you, like, it's an example of, you know, how training was, was made fun but in a healthy, competitive way. And that, I think that pushed everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Kick the log was, everyone. like, equally the most scariest thing for every player but also the most, like, rewarding now that we're in pre-season. Yep. They keep asking us when, when Kick the Log's <laughs> going to come back. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, must have done something right there. Yeah. So, but, yeah, no, uh, I think that, yeah, definitely sort of encapsulates why it was such a good year because tra- when training was so hard but also enjoyable and fun and that good balance of the on switch and off switch at Randwick, yeah, set us up for a great year and, you know, same staff this year, so it should be another exciting one and, yeah. yeah fingers crossed, mate. Can't wait to rip in. Yeah. Um, so what are you, you obviously got some big competitions coming up, one yep. of those namely something called the Olympics. Yeah. Um, what are your sort of goals leading into to these games and, and also leading on afterwards after the Olympics? Yep, so obviously, yeah, Olympics is on the on the calendar this year. Um, but I guess for us, in our environment, it's pretty, you know, it's it's sort of the end of the tunnel at the moment for us. We've got, um, obviously, away this Sunday to Vancouver and LA. Um, and, yeah, so I guess the whole year is sort of building towards that. 
Um, but also we've got the opportunity, um, all the tournaments we're playing now in the World Series is if you make the top eight with accumulative points, you can make the playoff in Madrid. So the top eight playoff for the World Series champion. So I guess for us, the goals are, you know, as a team consistency, um, building towards that. And so we can get in that top eight and put good performances in and obviously win Madrid first, which would be the main one, um, to be the World Seven Series champions. And then obviously that puts you on a on a you know, a great path for then the Olympics coming up after. Um, so obviously exciting year, even though it's, as we were saying before, it's it's kind of far away in my head, like the Olympics. But yeah, definitely, you know, for training and keeping those standards up and, you know, maybe when you're a little tired and thinking about the extras, you know that's that's coming at the end of the year and, you know, every other team's been training just as hard, if not more. So um, yeah, I guess the goals for that, yeah, building consistently, personally, me coming back in the program, um, yeah, trying to trying to get back into that sevens footy that I was at before, um, and then yeah, just do that role within the team so we can yeah do well in these tournaments. Got Vancouver, Canada, in Canada, um, and then LA the week after, and then I think after that we've got three more: Hong Kong, Singapore, and then make the, hopefully make the top eight, Madrid, and then yeah, bit of a path towards the Olympics. So yeah, find some consistency there, and hopefully a few wins, a few tournament wins. Um, and yeah, exciting year that will hopefully yeah prep us well for the Olympics, which is obviously the the big ticket item this year. It happens every four years, and you know, pretty special mm. event to be at. So yeah, everyone be uh, putting themselves in the best position for that, and yeah, that brings a lot of healthy competition within the team, and then all the teams in the World Series. So yeah, yeah very <laughs> exciting. So it's a good year for sevens all in all. Not only the Olympics once every four years, but the change in structure to the sevens itself, where having that knockout style tournament, I think is going to be great for the sport. The entertainment purposes towards the end of the year is going to be great, but it means for you guys, it's going to be a big year coming up, having both the Olympics and then that, that kind of change in structure. It's yeah, exciting. exactly. Like it's, uh, yeah, we've already had three tournaments and, you know, all of them been so close with the 12 team format. Um, change from 16, you know, every game's tough and every game's exciting. We've already had one game of golden point which is one of the you know new rules they've brought in. So it's quick, exciting, hopefully, for the fans. And we saw that in Perth, um, which is my first home tournament. Like, the fans were great across three days. Um, Perth's getting everything. It's unreal. Though, yeah, right? <laughs> sold, sold out on a Sunday as well, So yeah, wow. which is normally, you know, across three-day tournaments, sometimes the crowd's a bit drained out versus a two-day tournament over Saturday, Sunday. Um, but, yeah, saw it in Perth, you know, reactions from the crowd and people coming up to us after how how everyone's loving it in the seven series, the rebranding with the 12 teams and the, you know, all to make it in Spain. So hopefully um, builds a bit of an attraction and obviously DuPont and Hooper coming across as well was sort of, yeah, br- brought a lot of 15s fans across hopefully as well and some attention. So yeah, hopefully uh, build some attraction up, up to the Olympics and then, yeah, another tournament where it'll probably be just the same exciting and lots of, uh, yeah, ups and downs along the way as well. Yeah, sweet as, man. I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to see how it Thank all goes. Um, I'll be hop- holding up my Benny Dowling sign at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for, for popping on. Can't wait to, to catch what you're going to do in the future. No, thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed it. And uh, awesome, Jim, you got here. So thanks for having me. Awesome, Benny. Cheers, mate. All right, guys. Catch you on the next ep. See you later.